My favorite, it's Judd's Hockey Show. And welcome in to Judd's Hockey Show. Zolgad, Declan Goff, and our friend Jesse Pierce, of course, who joins us every week from Bar Down Beauty's fame, NHL.com. She covers the Wild, is at each and every home game, at practices all the time, really is our Wild insider as well as a commentator on the club. And, folks, we are uh, we saw what was a very interesting game last night after a disappointing game that I did not see because I was out of town on Saturday against Columbus. We saw a nice rebound 7-4 win against the Oilers in which, um, Jesse, it felt like a tale of, like, two or three games because the start of that game was absolutely, from a wild standpoint, atrocious. It was mm-hmm. awful. Uh, and then they break out, and I guess the storyline is this. We must be the greatest motivators in this town because all of us at some point in time, and we're not the only ones, called for the first line to be broken up. I've been saying Ryan Hartman should be on the third line. And what did we get last night? A hat trick and five points from Hartman. Uh, what, three points and a goal from Zuccarello. Kaprizov had numerous scoring chances, chipped in with a few assists. I would say mission accomplished. Leave the first line alone. Our strategy worked, Jesse Pierce. We motivated that first line beyond belief. Yeah, it's all on us. You're welcome, everybody. You're welcome, Matt yeah, Zuccarello. Ryan. Uh, Ryan, you're you're welcome. Eight or ten points total. So two points from Zuki, a goal and an assist, three assists from Kaprizov, and then that five points from Hartsey. His first career or first hat trick, excuse me, for the Minnesota Wild, second career hat trick. He said the one in Chicago didn't count because I think it was like two empty net goals That's that right. he had. So oh, yeah, fun fact, fun fact. See, inside yes, Jesse Pierce, it, exactly. Think. And before we dive into it, I need to give a shout out to Dex. Loving the T-shirt, my friend. Thank you. Old school Anaheim Ducks. That is right up my alley. I have a Hartford Whalers sweatshirt coming in the mail this week, you guys. So sorry, I just had to give that shout out as well. For free pub, I guess, and whatever. And if they want to sponsor us, go for it. Uh, yeah. Jess, I found this at a Pack Sun. I haven't shopped nice. at a Pack Sun since like 2005, and uh, luckily I got this and another MLB cool shirt. But yes, this is the Sick. Ducks. This is my. This is me not admitting I'm right about Ryan Hartman, so I'm gonna wear another team's you know logo yeah. franchise here on on Judd's Hockey Show. <laughs> but uh, thank you for the compliment. But yes, we are. I think the Ryan Hartman motivators, right? We love yeah. the last week. We did the good the bad and the ugly and the good for sure. Again, uh, is Ryan Hartman who looks, he looks pretty good, man. After weeks of five on five or a couple samples of five on five struggles from this team, the top line finally shows up in a big way. Cause I was ready to blow it up. I was ready to come on this show before that game started and saying, all right, it's time to blow up this GD top line. Not yet. I guess not yet. Hartman could have had five goals too. That's a scary thing. Yeah, he, he had five shots. He missed the he missed wide open shots a couple of times. Um, so now the Oilers, n- not to be a buzzkill here, yeah. but the Oilers have long struggled defensively. They mm-hmm. certainly did l- last night. I think that they they might be in for a coaching change if things don't turn around soon. Uh, but Jesse, how how much to heart should we take as, as the Wild now embarks on a three game East Coast road trip? How much to heart should we take what we saw from the first line? last night as being the type of shift that's now going to get them going um, as opposed to, well, you just played a bad defensive team and cashed in. 
I mean, take it with a grain of salt because you look at that second period that the Minnesota Wild played and Jack Campbell stood on his head just making some incredible, incredible stops on what should have been sure and goals. Like you mentioned, Ryan Hartman should have had a couple more. Uh, Zuccarello and Kaprizov each a few. Even Pat Maroon almost got in on the scoring chance had he not been robbed by Campbell. So, I mean, give the offense its credit where it's due. They kept that push up. I mean, the defense, I think, created a lot of offense, too, which I think really excites me. That's something that Dean has been talking about since the beginning of the year, wanting to see is have the defense get into the play more. And I think they played a tremendous role last night. So certainly you're not going to get 10 points out of those guys every night. You might on this road trip because they got a really bad Washington team and a really, really bad Philadelphia team on tap. Uh, But, you know, again, consider Edmonton was was without Connor McDavid. They don't do well without Connor McDavid. And Minnesota tends to do well against the Oilers in general. I mean, the record is favorable for Minnesota, especially at home. So take it with a grain of salt, but I think it'll at least give the confidence boost to Hartsey, Zuki, and Kaprizov moving forward that, yeah, they can do this. They should be doing this more often. You don't need 10 points, but give me three points a night at least. Mm-hmm. This might be a little rhetorical, um, and I don't know if we want to go down, how far we want to go down this path, but can the Wild win like this consistently? Like, can they win with poor defense and, and banking no. on five to six goals every night? I, and, and no. It's not really their style. So, I mean, they're, they're fun games. Like, right? I mean, that game was a blast. And we even saw that a few times already this year, even the, even the loss to the Kings last Thursday. Like, that was a fun, entertaining game for sure. But I just don't know if this is the right recipe for them. Other teams have, can play up, up to this type of hockey and still win, you know, more than 50% of their games. But I also think, the way they have been playing, even as fun as yesterday was, is not a sustainable method for success for Minnesota. Jesse, off Declan's point, too, with, with that, how much of this can be pinned on Spurgeon? Like like LaPanta was talking last night about, well, they're, they're without Spurgeon, which is, you know, they're without Spurgeon, Coyle, and Coyle. My God. Wow. My Zucker. God. Blast from the past. Boldy. They're, they're without Spurgeon, Boldy. Stoner? And and he's a yeah, stoner. And and he said Goligoski. Well, Goligoski, I mean, God bless him. That's not really a loss. But how much but is this a Spurgeon thing? Like because defensively, I, I mean, that start was atrocious last night. And mm-hmm. I just I, I'm curious, you know, you know, the Columbus game, the Kings game were all not really their identity defensively. What can this be blamed on? And is, is it a simple fix or is this like a cause for concern? Uh, I did see that they did uh, put back together uh, Brodeen and Faber, but like, where does this stand? Def- a team stand defensively. I mean, it's different, right? In Minnesota, we are so used to having it be a defense first team. Thank you very much, Jacques Lemaire. I mean, that's kind of been the yeah. bread and butter for Minnesota. And Jared Spurgeon's obviously a big part of that. I have a tough time wrapping my head around the fact that this is all because Spurgeon is out. Yes, Jared Spurgeon is a very good defenseman. Yes, Jared Spurgeon is great on special teams, and and he's a leader in that room. All of that, yes, 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 I get it, and he's that constant. I don't think he is the game changer that is missing, though, necessarily. I just think, quite frankly, your defense isn't that great. When you have John Merrill and Kalen Addison, and unfortunately I don't think Kalen Addison is going to prosper into this defenseman that we really all wanted to see, um, I just think there's that, that's it, you know, and Brock Faber's young, he's coming into his home. And I think Brodeen is learning to play a new type of defense. He's wanting to get into the offense more. So I think that's asking a bit much of him. So with that comes a little bit of 
that changing of tides. He's got to learn that type of game a little bit because that's not his first mentality, right? He's that stay-at-home defenseman. That's what we've loved about him. But Dean is asking him to get out of that comfort zone and do a little bit more. Jake Middleton, too. I thought it was a fantastic game for Jake Middleton last night. Mm -hmm. Who loved this joke. He says that sometimes they jokingly call him Midstrom in the uh, in the locker room, an homage to Nicholas Lidstrom, of course, because he also wears number five. So I thought that was kind of funny. But yeah, I mean, I, I think Jared Spurgeon's certainly going to help yeah. the team. It's not going to hurt, but it's not going to make this defense all of a sudden prop up to what it used to be by any stretch of the imagination. What, what do we think yesterday of Faber, too? Because I, I, I thought, who has mostly looked really good in his limited sample size in the NHL, um, but I thought yesterday there was even a, a point where he got turned pretty bad in the defensive zone. Gus has to make yeah. an a, absurd save to kind of bail him out. I wonder, too, eventually how much teams are going to not expose it and, and obviously try to attack the Wild's defense, but then the flip side for the Wild would be the other defenseman probably overcompensating, right? Because like now, now they're getting caught, and now they're probably starting to start to cheat a little bit, and that's where you start to make more, more mistakes in your own zone. And I, I think Judd's point of could they have gotten by with you know Spurgeon for a few games here? Yes, but this might not work long term if he does not come back pretty soon. Well, and I think the thing with Brock is we're, we're and and yes, he is that Kings game was rough. Uh, I saw the exact play that you're talking about where he got turned around. Um, I think in fairness to Brock, he's a young guy who is being asked to do what a five-year veteran is. Like he's being used and and look, he is he's very smart, which I, I think is huge. And he is a really good skater. He's very talented. But Jesse, I think to to Declan's point about Brock is that they are probably asking too much. Um, but the problem is this in Dean's defense, I don't know what else he's supposed to do. Right. Because are you are you going to ask Mermis to to do more? The the sure. kid that they just called up who didn't play because Merrill was what banged up or sick, and he might not play, but then he did play. And I mean, God bless John again. Seems like a great team guy, but I don't know how much he should play. So I think part of the problem is Brock Faber is being relied upon as if he has been in the league for five years, and in no way, shape, or form can most guys do all of the things he's being asked to do, which is sort of where my concern is like, mm-hmm. do they need to go out and make a trade when Spurgeon comes back? Possibly if they can, do they need to play the younger guys and give, give them a chance? Like what's the, what's sort of the solution here with Spurgeon back. So your top four are in pretty good shape. What's the solution here? Because Jesse, I'm with you. And I hate to say this, Addison runs the power play, but when I watch him five on five, like you can see the problem. No. Yeah. And and I mean, this show is advocated for him, right? Give him a chance, you know, but okay. They're giving him a chance right now. And it sort of scares you half the time he's on, on the ice five on five. Yeah. You know, he's not the small Jared Spurgeon type of player, you know, at, no. at all. And again, I'm the same way. I, I really wanted to see that work out because I think I saw glimmers of that offensive potential, which is so exciting. And that's the way defensemen are are created now. But yeah, I mean, on the Brock Faber point, not to belabor it, kids 21. Yeah. I was living in a college apartment last year, getting rides down to the rink. Right. I mean, (laughs) and he's now averaging 20 minutes. I think last night he had 25 total minutes on the ice. He's playing in every situation and, and Mm -hmm. you know, it's gonna, you're going to see those warts show up because he's just simply a young player. But yeah, I think at the end of the day, my consensus is, your defense just isn't that great. It's not what you're used to. You don't, you know, I know people can either love or hate Matt Dumba, but he did some really good things. He's a veteran defenseman in this league, right? And right now you're at that point in time for the Minnesota Wild where 
you got to start getting some of these new faces in there. Again, I would love to see more of Damon Hunt maybe instead of John Merrill. I would love to see Carson Lambos get a shot. And again, that all goes with cap situations and all of that. Yes, I get that. But, um, you know, those are types of things that you need to start seeing what's there. Because otherwise, yes, Judd, you're right. You need to look at making a trade because as good as Philip Gustafson has been thus far and as good as Marc-Andre Fleury can be, you can't have your goalie stand on his head every night getting 54 shots pelted at him and hope that he makes the majority of those saves because your defense is inept when you have potential down in Iowa. So I think just taking a good hard look at that. Again, this road trip should be kind of telling because they should do well against two of the three teams. New Jersey might be a big old challenge. That team great is test. terrifying. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's going to be your biggest, your hardest defensive challenge is going to become New Jersey at the end of the week. I wonder too, you know, last year, the wild got off to just kind of a pretty mediocre start and then they trade for Ryan Reeves and things kind of worked out for them right after that. And we were all a little surprised by that move. And it's clear that the wild last year, like lacked some size and physicality. So it ends up working out for them. And then their season kind of starts to turn along where it was supposed to be. I wonder even when, like, let's say Spurgeon does come back sooner rather than later or within the next week or so. I wonder, regardless if he comes back, if they still try to make an extra trade here just Mm -hmm. to try to figure out a different way to bring more of a presence on the defensive side. Because they, even when they get Spurgeon back, which they should be a better team defensively, again, I don't know how sustainable it is for them to play this style of defensive hockey without some type of reinforcement that comes in here and maybe gives them a jolt and obviously gives them a better product on the ice. Mm Mm-hmm. Jesse, your thoughts? Yeah, I was, I mean, final thoughts. I think I said by November, right? Depending on how the team is faring, that they would have to look at something. Now, I will publicly apologize. I said Marco Rossi would be the name. I take it back. I was right. It was tough love. I was just getting, getting called on Twitter. Similar, I, I saw it. Every game. Every game. You know, that's Come okay. On, Pierce. I'm glad <laughs> I was wrong. We all thought it. We all thought it. I just said it. But uh, similar to Ryan Hartman finding his heartbeat. Uh, Marco Rossi found his because I was so harsh and questioning on him. But no, I think, yeah, in November, you got to take a peek at what and what you can do. Again, Billy's hands right, are still the cap. tied. Yeah, yeah I, I think if you could get a guy up, around the same um, dimensions as Merrill, who's younger, maybe, who's got that size, though, and put him on the third pair. But like once Spurgeon comes back, I think your top four are pretty solid. Um, and Spurgeon will eat up a, a lot of the ice time that Faber probably is asked to now. I, I mean, mm-hmm. Brock Faber is being used like he's Jared Bleep and Spurgeon <laughs> and Jared Bleep and Spurgeon's like, what, 30, right? Yeah. Around 30, late 20. Yeah. And and to your point, Brock's 21. Uh, let's talk about him. Let's talk about that third line center who wears 23, who who I would love to see get more ice time with different players still. Marco Rossi. Um is this the first time, like, and that we, we've now got, you know, not a huge sample size of game, but sample size of games, but we have a decent one. Is this the first time that we all feel pretty damn good about he's here to stay and what he brings? Like, like it now feels, if this is a correct way to put it, it now feels like what we're seeing is tip of the iceberg stuff from a kid that could be really damn good, not just a serviceable player. Yeah. Is that a fair I'm- statement? I think so. I mean, again, it's such a small sample size. I will say that I was incorrect in perceiving him to be, you know, get him out of here. He's he's a bust, but still haven't seen enough. But what I have liked mostly about him 
it's not just the skill that he's exuding because I do I agree with you, Judd. I think I want to see him with different players, mostly because Freddie Goudreau is struggling so mightily to start the season. I think he needs to find somebody else to put Marco with. Dean's crying right now. I can hear oh, Dean from his house. He's he's but he's bawling like a baby. It's, oh, Freddie, I love it's you. It's hard to watch. Put man. on some Cooper Rolls, baby. Some Whalers Cooper Rolls. <laughs> but um, you know, I love the physicality that Marco's bringing. I think that's something that was definitely yes. lacking. You know, it's it's again, yes, we talked about how he put on the size in the offseason but the way that he muscles in there the way he got his goal last night in particular against Edmonton that's something I would have not seen or expected of him two years ago or a year ago right and I think that's the difference maker I think he's got that body confidence now and he's ready to get in there and do what's necessary whereas before I think he would steer clear of a lot of that physical areas because I don't know if he thought maybe he was above that or, or what have you but um yeah, I mean, again, looking back at his ice time, he's getting the same amount of ice time as he was in prior seasons. So should there be a slight uptick? Maybe. Maybe we try him in some different different situations as well. But all in all, Marco, so far, so good. I like what I see. Um, might not be traded by November anymore. Yeah, he looks, he looks a lot different and just a lot more stronger than he was, obviously, last year with the size that he's been able to put on. And you know, Goudreau, this is this was such an interesting bet that they make. I just have no idea how you sign that guy to such a multi-year contract. Like, he has been serviceable, and he has provided more than his worth um, when they initially obtained him. And I think Judd and I, what was that, Judd, like three years ago, two years ago, when they got him, and both you and I were like, who the hell, is this guy even going to make the team out of <laughs> yeah, camp? He was playing it's the wrong Goudreau. In, yeah, in Milwaukee, yeah, because he was playing for the Admirals at the time, I think, more than he was. What it was? Uh, was it Pittsburgh that, that he was with? I think that's right. I don't yeah. even remember now. No, wasn't but there yes. Nashville in the mix too? Oh, that's probably yeah. It was yeah. probably Nashville because he was Nashville. with uh, Milwaukee. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, I, I think he got it. Marco's been, I think, the best of those three guys went on the ice. I really do. Um, and it's interesting because I don't think you can necessarily move him up so soon, and you can't have to break up this top line. That's what we just admitted in the first yeah. five minutes of this podcast. <laughs> but in general, he look he looks a lot like the player he was supposed to be. And I think, you know, we lowered the bar so low for him that I was just like, all right, he's probably not going to live up to the ninth overall selection in a top 10 pick, but can he be a serviceable player? And I think we've definitely reached even in what the eight games they've played. I think we've reached like, okay, he can be a serviceable player. And now truly what is his next ceiling? Is it coming all the way back to being the projected star he was supposed to be? Or is there a middle ground that's still a really good player? And that could really be a good contributor for this team going forward. Mm-hmm. Not that Dean would do this to his son, because I don't think he would. But let me throw this out off Jess's point, because it's intriguing, at least. First of all, Goudreau's success has come at center um, mm-hmm. because he's very he's a good two way type of player. He's played the wing. He's not played well. Second of all, if you're Dean and you're going to leave Goudreau on the wing, considering the struggles. Do you consider anyone from the fourth line coming up to play the other wing with Marco and put Goudreau on the fourth line? And by the way, just to be clear, the fourth line gets a lot of time. Like, Mm -hmm. like, like they're trusted. It's not like they never play. Um, I shouldn't say a lot. They get decent time. Uh, But would you consider trying to, to just put Marco with a little bit more skill? Cause like right now it's, you know, Marcus to his left, Goudreau to his right. Would it make sense to consider because Letary intrigues me because he can score. Like he has been, they, they, they showed it on the Bally's telecast last night. Everywhere he's gone, except for the pros, because he plays fourth line up here. 
Mm-hmm. Um, would like would it make sense to give Letary a chance on the right wing with Rossi and Felino and put Goudreau on the fourth line? Because that fourth line is there to check. I mean, they're there to try and hold teams. I love that idea. Yeah, I, I do too. I mean, I mean, you know, Jess always jokes with her line heathens. I mean, that that we That's we just we made are. a great line there, and and Jesse isn't maybe as uh enthralled with me and Judd's line combinations, which I I think it's in our iTunes YouTube or bio of Judd's hockey show of like we create line combinations. It's one of our it favorite is. things to do on this show, um, and I think we just made the best possible third line there like you know bill garen friend of the show i'll let's i'll send an email to bill and say all right bill we've we've solved it can you relay this down to dean and then you guys start working this on the coaching staff i think this is a great idea i mean i i covered Vinny at um the u of m and yeah just became a really good goal scorer especially towards his uh upperclassman years and yeah he has scored at every level now he might be a you know i i'm not trying to show disrespect on him he might just be a quad a player he might be a guy that's a really good minor league player that still doesn't translate to the nhl level but I'd rather figure out if there's something here or even Sammy Walker, if there's something there on that third line, instead of just having them play, not, you know, completely um, dumb fourth line minutes. I don't mean to say dumb either, but let's get him in back in a skill set where he should be probably thriving more. Yeah. I have nothing much to add there for myself. I would say I, Vinny of the line, I would like to see him up there. I know Dean had mentioned last night they wanted to use him more, but with penalties and, and special teams getting out there right out, they just didn't get him enough ice time, but they certainly liked the glimpses that they saw. I mean, I, I'm sure Marco would appreciate it. And you know, it might give Freddie the kick in the butt that he needs to right? It might make him kind of step his game up or figure out whatever's going on there, or maybe even just simplify his game because he might be gripping the stick a little bit too tight right now. But I'm okay with trying things. Like I said, throw it at the wall, stick it because nothing right now, aside from that top line that we love and maybe in that second line uh, that is looking pretty good with Pat Maroon, who would have thought that in the entire world. But uh, yeah, right. Like that just boggles my mind. Like, Oh yeah. They have Pat Maroon out there doing things like he, he's not that. a bad compliment, though. No. You know, he's he's not a bad compliment guy. I mean, Eck is Eck is Eck, which is to say a really good player. Yeah. Uh, Johansson is silky smooth. Again, mm-hmm. I'll go back to that first year. He must have just been hurt the entire time because this yeah. is a different guy. Like I watch him now. Silky smooth player. And and Maroon plays with grit, but I wouldn't consider him a goon. No, like like he's got some he's got some skill. And so, like, I like that that line a lot. I think that that line works. And that's what I'm saying is if Hartman is going to be the center on the top line, I'm just trying to think of a way to get Rossi more talent around him, too. And just to be clear, I am not buying Jesse's crap. I think she loves lines. <laughs> I think you pretend. My identity now. That's just Because people come, come to you for line combinations. I think you pretend to not like lines. I think you love lines. That's my... <laughs> It's just who I am. It's it. I think it all started when it like people were. It was like a random day. I'm like, why do you care? Like, why do we care about this? Why do we care? It's gonna change in game. We don't care, guys. But now it's it's what I've been known for. So here we are. Because it's all we got. (laughs) It's all. It's Declan. I'll tell you. It's all we got at the moment. A lot of times, lines are. You know, life is full of the small things, Jesse. It's true. Hockey is a game of small details, and that's one exactly right. When I played fantasy hockey, I just needed to know if they played. I didn't really care where they were playing. Just are they playing goalies? I goal starting goalies. I will always be on starting goalies. That's that's my big important. Yep, important. Uh, Speaking of that, what is your uh, personal opinion thus far? More of Gus. I mean, Flurry's had. a rough start um he's played in what a couple of games now but what has been your opinion of what you've seen of gustafson obviously four goals not ideal 
last night as we talked about the defensive lapses played a role there. Uh, but have you been impressed enough by his play or do you think there's a lot more there for Philip Gustafson? I mean, I want to expect a little bit more out of him, right? Especially because he's going to take the bulk of this workload. And it's funny, side note, Marc-Andre Fleury, I can't remember if we talked about this, had said his Octobers have been very, very bad, like the, throughout most of his career. So that's kind of an interesting little side. He's like, I'm just not good in October. And it's like, oh, interesting. Like, I think he had one, the one good start in Vegas. Otherwise, it's been rough going. But uh, no, I thought, Love obviously, it. I know it's it's crazy. Um, and of course he knows that because he's a goalie and he's weird and he's going to track these every little minute yeah. difference of what has That's happened. That's like though, to warn you, hey, I just want you to know it's not my fault because I suck yeah. every October. Well, he That's did very... say it that way. I think he was just joking and shooting the oh, crap I know. It just reminds me of yeah. Devin and, and, oh man, I couldn't see the lights got in my eyes on that slap <laughs> shot. How was I supposed to stop it? I heard a leaf falling outside of the building and good Lord, it was loud and it just threw me off. No, um. But Gus, I loved the Columbus game because that's where he really had to shine, right? Again, those those were not just 54 shots. They were high danger shots the majority of the time. Didn't love the goals allowed in the game against Edmonton. A lot of them coming from outside. And I think a couple, yes, he might have been very cleanly screened. Other ones, I'm like, yeah, he could have had them. I don't like those outside shots fluttering through because I feel like those are the ones that he should have, especially. Um, so there's a little bit left to be desired there. And yes, the defense plays a role in that. So I'm not, you know, calling for Gus's head, but just some of those goals were a little bit soft, uh, last night in Edmonton in particular. So I want to see that getting tightened up. But again, that goes with the defense doing all in all Gus, you're doing well. Proud of you. What do you think? Yeah, I've liked, I've liked more what I've seen from Gus than probably, um, than the flower. Um, and the defense has not given them any favors. So even though, you know, Goalies are goalies. They should make these stops. And I saw the statistic of how many you know goals they've have have allowed basically in the last three games before this Oilers game. And they certainly have to be better, and they need more help. But in general, I, I still like what I've seen from Gus. I'm not concerned that there's, even though regression probably will hit him in some categories for sure after a stellar season last year. I test wise, even I've yet to see something in, in this small sample that says, oh, that he's in serious trouble or he's going to completely fall off a cliff. All right, three-game trip at Philly on Thursday, at Washington on Friday, a rare Saturday night off, and then against the Devils on Sunday. What do we think transpires on this trip? Jesse, go ahead. They need to win at Philly, and they need to win at Washington. Those are two games. They've got the national televised game against the Flyers, but those are two winnable games because Washington is not good. They are just – I saw glimpses of their game against Toronto last night and kind of predicted that because they're on the tail end of a lot of careers there. Pittsburgh, very similar situation, right? Which I don't feel bad. That's fine. They've won their, whatever. They've had their time in the sun. Let's move on. But those are two winnable games. New Jersey is going to be hard. It's going to be fast-paced. New Jersey is every bit as good, if not better, than they were last year. It's a lot of fun to watch um, when you can catch them. If you guys do have a chance to watch a New Jersey game, I recommend it. It's a fun hockey game. So I think you come away with two wins and you lose to New Jersey. That would be okay. I would consider that a successful road trip. But I want to see that offense continue. I think that's the biggest thing is I need to see that offense produce because especially if you're having defensive lapses, the offense needs to make up for that. And these are teams that they should be able to take down on the offense, right? I mean, it's it's there for the taking. So let's go. Uh, Flower will obviously get one of the starts either against Philly or Washington. I imagine maybe Washington. Um, so I'd like to see him get some confidence too, and and have you know maybe allow one goal, maybe just allow one goal. That would be nice. Let's go, Jacqueline. 
Yeah, they, they should 100% take care of business against some of these lowly teams. The Devils game could be, I mean, could be fun. It could be like a seven to five ridiculous over under. Like I would honestly potentially bet the over if that, if you're able to do that. Um, but in general, that could be bad too. Like that could be, that could be a game where if the wilds defense doesn't show up and the wilds offense can't really like counter punch to the devils, like getting in a track meet against the devils is a disastrous situation for Minnesota. So that one's probably going to be a loss, but it does have potential to be a really fun game if the wild can keep up. Um, but but Jess is right. They probably should come away with four points at least on this, or at, at most, I think, at, on this road trip. If they, if they can get to four points, get some of these games back, um, that'd be probably good news for them. By the way, shout out to Summit Orthopedics on Judd's Hockey Show. Uh, go to summitortho.com to find a location near you. 25 locations in uh, the Twin Cities, over 150 locations in greater Minnesota. Uh, whether it's elbows, feet, back, neck, spine, whatever the heck it is, uh, they'll have your help there at Summit Orthopedics. Go to summitortho.com to learn more. I think they go one and two. I think they go one and two. If 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 I heard the stat on, right, man. they were 30th in team defense going into last night. 30th. Yeah. Um, Torts concerns me. The Flyers concern me. Not because they're any good, but because his style, what what he wants on the road, I think he, um, if, if the Wild doesn't pick up their game defensively, I got a bad feeling about this. Now, I think when Spurgeon comes back, it turns around a bit, and I don't think that, that this is like going to be a prolonged problem. I think it gets addressed. Uh, but I think they lose in Philadelphia. I think they beat Washington, and then I think they lose to Jersey. Now, the hope in Philadelphia would be that you at least get a point. Like, yeah. perhaps you lose an OT or a shootout. But um, I just got a feeling, like, last night was weird because it was a lot of fun to watch. But to, like, what Declan said at the top of the show, Jesse, I'm watching that, and, I, and I'm thinking to myself, Okay, the Oilers can't play a defense. Campbell stood on his head in the second period, but this is in no way, shape, or form for a Dean team sustainable. No, you waited for the bottom to fall out in that third period for sure, especially when they pulled Campbell with like four and a half minutes left to go. You're like, okay, here, here it is. (laughs) And I mean, even the penalty kill, like you're, I'm shocked that they killed off that penalty early on too. It was just kind of, you felt that things might fall apart. Uh, Side note though, one thing I forgot to mention to you guys, Matt Boldy will be making this upcoming trip potential to play possibly against the New Jersey Devils on okay. Sunday. So just keep that in your back pocket. That might be something that helps them not go one in, one in two or one, one, one. That's what we're saying, Judd. Come on. That's what I'm saying. One and two or one, one, one. I, I didn't like what I saw last night as a fan. I enjoyed yeah. it. I don't like what I saw last night. Yeah. Uh, so where, where does, when, when my guy Bolds co- comes back, of course, not Charlie Coyle, who I said before, uh, <laughs> When my guy Bolts comes back, does Maroon go back to the fourth line, or does Maroon go and bump Goudreau down? I, and I take it Terry's probably out at that point, right? Time, I but. mean, yeah. See, this is why I told figure out your lines, boys. What do you want to do? What are we doing here? Bolts is back. You're going. Spurge you're is not right traveling. No, he's not. So when, when do we expect Spurge back? Still week to week, as much as we keep trying to get any he sort of information. Sep- he's he must been have like, separated that shoulder. Yeah, he's. but I haven't noticed anything. I did see uh, Goligoski walking around with a boot last night, so I don't know if that means he had surgery, he's going to have surgery, what have you. Um, but I haven't seen Spurgeon with anything. He's kind of He's been floating around. He sits behind me up in the press box there. Um, he looks fine, so I don't know if they're just being extra cautious and extra careful with it. Or... Go up to him and slap him on the back and say, <laughs> how's it going, Spurge? And and if he rockets up and gets mad, you're like, okay, now I know what's wrong. Oh, I should. I'm trying That's to help true. you out. 
You know, that's a good point. I'm sure that would go over well. I'm sure Billy would be thrilled with me doing that. If you don't see me in the press box following that, then you'll know why. He'd come out and swear at you, but that's Billy. All right, Jesse Pierce, thanks much. Of, of course, check down, check out her podcast work, also Bar Down Beauties, or read her work, NHL.com. She covers the wild, does a fantastic job. Uh, Declan, why don't you tell the people what they need to know before we say goodbye? Yep, hit the subscribe button for daily Minnesota sports entertainment. This is Judd's Hockey Show. We'll see what happens in the wild on the upcoming road trip. Uh, and please remember to pass your score.